welcome to the new episode of Supply Cast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today, I'm joined by Beth Loudon, who's from Akiso and Co. Hi, Beth. Hello, Bruce. <laughs> Thank you. That was a very cheer- cheery hello, Bruce. What a brilliant way to start a podcast. Well, it's- it is a Friday afternoon. It's Friday uh, afternoon. We're recording it. <laughs> uh, Beth, first of all, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Kiso and Co as a company and what they do? So uh, Kiso is um, it started life as as a small consulting firm specialising in um, procurement and supply chain uh, in in healthcare. Um, and, and set up by um, a couple of guys that, that the founders who were still uh, leading the organisation, uh, they came from uh, Accenture and they wanted to set up something to do it in a different way. So it's still got uh, kind of consulting services at the heart of what it does, but expanded that a bit more now so that we've got other services, um, including the tirade delivery, uh, which we do for NHS supply chain. Yeah. Um, but we've got other uh, kind of other procurement services now. OK. And what, what's your role at Akiso? So, well, they brought me in as a, a director a couple of years ago. Um, and I, I came in, first of all, to try and uh, kind of help uh, set up the, the, the tower. Um, I made some changes there. But now I'm kind of looking after what we call managed commercial services, which still includes looking after the tower. And I've got... Um, uh, the wonderful Rachel Coley looking after that for me, um, but also doing services for the clients now. So other bits of procurement delivery, um, and I've been I've been with them for a couple of years now, um, and uh, really enjoying it. And uh, are you looking after Rachel? Right. <laughs> You're not poking them poking her with spears or anything like that. Or... <laughs> no, I no. think she's about real. <laughs> months in now and she uh, well she's at least telling me that she's still very uh, happy in her role <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure she is um, so what is your current what would you say Akito's current mission statement or, or goals are in terms of within healthcare um, it's around all of that consultancy and the services um, I would say that it's it's uh, an ambition to be able to deliver procurement and supply chain uh, differently. And when I say differently, I think I probably mean rather than treating it as a process um, that we're kind of really making sure that we understand how that fits into the organisations that we're working for. And they, they might be NHS organisations. In some cases, it's uh, private healthcare. But then we really understand it. So I think we've probably all had a bit of experience of having procurement done to us and it just being treated like a process. So um, where where we try and be different, I think, is making sure that we really understand the businesses that we work for mm-hmm. and don't treat procurement like a, uh, a process. And, and, and kind of work with people and with our, uh, our clients in a way that, that we try and understand what their pain points are and address that rather than uh, it just being a, a procurement cookie cutter approach. I know that um, a big hot topic or I suppose a driver for you guys is uh, collaboration in procurement. What's, what's the key to that? Why is that so important to you? Why is that at the heart of what you're doing? 
It, well, it's it, it, it's probably a bit of a um, uh, it's, it, it's personal for me as well. I think mm-hmm. because um, I've been in um, procurement in the NHS one way or another for. I know this is going to be hard to believe, Bruce, but um, kind of well over twenty five years. Wow, um, <laughs> you you love. <laughs> You you come on you come on our podcast and lie to us about. <laughs> where did you start off? When did where did you start off then? When um, well, I I, yeah. I started off in um, uh, uh, NHS purchasing agency under okay. the leadership of the the great uh, Duncan Eaton. Duncan Eaton, uh, who's uh, who obviously is is uh, very close to the HTSA. Indeed, and and for for who I hold personally responsible for my career. Um, Wow. In, um, um, I don't I, think I, you're the I, only you one. actually mean that. Yeah, I don't think you're, I don't think you're the only one as, as well. I think I referred to him once as, um, I think we were, we, I don't know why we got, why we got into this, but I think we were discussing about how, which uh, people at the HSA or, or significant uh, NHS procurement individuals would be if they was in Star Wars. And I think we decided Duncan Eaton was probably Yoda. I'm sure that's... <laughs> Can we start calling him the godfather of NHS procurement? Is that what is that is that how he you know, maybe, does that he maybe he calls himself that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a uh, hidden email address somewhere where it's where it's the godfather of procurement and it's and it's Duncan. Does he get referred to as that a lot? No. I'm trying to think if that's I've called him. In my head. <laughs> oh right. I'm trying to think now if I've probably I've probably called him that myself. It's quite good though. Uh, well, and also, I mean, in, in kind of in, in all seriousness, he is um, uh, kind of someone who put um, some sort of faith in, in me early on in my career mm-hmm. when perhaps it was quite a lot of men of a certain age that were getting some of the more senior roles. And uh, okay. he recognised that you really needed to kind of foster the enthusiasm in what I was at the time, that kind of mm-hmm. quite young thing. I mean that's that that's interesting, and and obviously one of the things that I know the HSA themselves are extremely um, keen on and hot on is is celebrating the diversity in healthcare procurement, um, and I know that's a quite, certainly um, in the past, particularly going forward, that is a, quite a sort of keen driver behind what the HSA are doing. Absolutely, and, and I think as well that um, part of um, the, the reasons for us as an organisation wanting to uh, sponsor HCSA is, is as well as the fact that we, you know, we work closely with a lot of the uh, the members, both as individuals and as uh, you know the organisations that they represent. Um, but also, yes, for me personally, I've kind of recognised that as an organisation and for some of the people in there, we we rely on quite a small pool of people uh, to encourage, support, coach, mentor. Um, some of the uh, talent in the function um, and we've got to keep doing that otherwise we're, we're, we're not going to be able to retain those people I do worry that um, we'll lose them to other sectors if we're not kind of really um, sure. supporting and developing them. Well, I think I can speak on behalf of the whole of the HSA and say that we're very grateful for the support of Akito. So what um, I suppose kind of slightly skimming off the fact that, that, that you're, you've um, the, your support for the HCSA, is there a particular timing to that where you thought, right, we need to sort of firm up, I suppose, our collaborations, our partnerships? Is there, is there a reason for the timing? 
has it got anything to do with the last 18 months etc or is it just the time felt right to do it well, I think that, uh, and it, it comes back to that collaboration point, which is a, it, it is a big word and something that is not uh, new as a concept to, to, to NHS procurement. Um, and but something I think there's some really big agenda items for uh, procurement landing um, for all of us, which is you know obviously kind of looking at resilience post COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the health and care bill landing, which has got yep. um, some procurement implications in it. Please ask me any hard questions about that, though. Um, and there's the, we're going to have the post-EU procurement regulations, so whatever kind of replaces PCR 15, uh, as well as kind of social value kind of coming up the agenda, yeah. um, a pace for procurement. So there's some really big agenda items for, for us to yeah, deal absolutely. with. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not going to do that in isolation. Yeah, so whereas yeah. collaboration, I think, has had in procurement, had this focus around, oh, we'll save all this money if we collaborate in procurement. Actually, the, the, the bigger value for collaboration is uh, around coming together on some of those issues. Um, so, yeah, yeah if, in terms of timing, I think it's probably been recognising that more now than ever, um, we, we're going to be relying on HCSA to, to bring a, a voice to that. Yeah, I mean, there's, as, as you say, there's certainly a lot of the new legislations, bills, think tanks, you know, projects, what have you going on. You did mention, and it's your own fault, the new, <laughs> the new health and care bill. And I've got some really hard questions about it. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. It's a, it's a weighty tone. Um, so I'm not going to ask any details, but I just wondered what your what kind of your, your feeling is about it, your, your general take is on it rather than getting it too much well, into the minutiae. Yeah, although it brings some, um, uh, some, some kind of tough questions for us to um, consider, there's also sort of some political ones in there because it, uh, it will change the, the, the remit of procurement and the fact that actually that, you know, some of the things that historically we've had to Put through procurement process within the health service we won't need to and there's that you know, there's political views on that but what all of that does is just bring procurement into the spotlight again um, and not just around the efficiency agenda which I think it's often um, kind of had the uh, kind of had to hold the ball on uh, mm -hmm. But much wider than that, and I think that if if there is any kind of um, silver linings from COVID mm -hmm. um, and the and the response to the pandemic, it's that procurement now recognised as not just being an efficiency function, yeah. um, but actually a necessary and essential function to make sure that the NHS has everything it needs to be able to ultimately deliver services to uh, to patients. So it. It, yeah, we, we'll get some um, uh, some meaty things to deal with within the health and care bill, but it, it, it raises the profile again for procurement, which is a double-edged sword, because on one yeah. hand, that's great, because internally mm. in the organisations, you know, there, there, there's a better business case for investment in people and resources yeah. um, and systems. But on the other hand, we're uh, going to be uh, uh, front and centre a bit more. OK, that's great. Um, there's obviously been a lot on ICS recently as well with new new bills and outlining what's what's happening there. What's your view on ICS related procurement at the moment? 
and the changes that are afoot there? Uh, I, I think I am um, the, the, having been around several versions of collaboration um, in procurements. Um, it does certainly feel with all of those other agenda items um, that, uh, that the ICS is something with more teeth. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's different about the way that we're kind of looking at and planning some of the procurement structures and governance in ICS is with much more teeth. I think before collaboration in procurement has been a bit guilty of like-minded people coming together and hoping they might have the time to do the work to deliver, but ultimately getting pulled back into their own organisation's yeah. uh, priorities. It, it does feel different this time around having far more infrastructure, having much more governance. Um, I just hope that the investment comes with it to make sure that some of the things that have been really lacking, like the systems particularly, we really do get a handle on now. Um, yeah. And those types of systems that mean that we've got great data and great information um, are really sort of seen to have their value and worth. Obviously, it's been a, I mean, how many different words for you to describe it, unprecedented, challenging, uniquely challenging, um, you know, numerous. I've had the thesaurus out <laughs> recently trying to come out with other, of, of, you know, like words. Um, what, was, what's, what would you say about uh, the performance of healthcare professionals during the whole sort of pandemic period and including, obviously, the vaccine rollout? Oh, that's a challenge, Bruce, to come up with a different word that you haven't already <laughs> used. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, I suppose for, for, for those of us that were, were kind of quite close to it and saw what was happening on the, um, a day to day, but I mean, heroes is a word that gets, gets used mm. a lot as well, mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, and uh, I consider myself probably to be quite fortunate that at the time I, I, I was someone that was able to kind of contribute to and be part of the response um felt like a rabbit in headlights most of the time mm -hmm. um and it just all felt like a bit of a dream state for the at least the first few weeks it's kind of waking up every morning thinking is this is this really happening yeah um but it's it, it is testament to the people that we've got uh, across the system. And I know that there's a lot that's been talked around the, the obviously people in, in, in critical care and at the front line, but you know, we've all seen the, um, the stories of the people across the board, like the, the, the porters, the catering staff, everyone involved in needing to uh, respond to that and keep it going mm -hmm. um, is quite incredible. Okay. Um now, also, before we sort of go on to what would be considered a sort of, uh, you know, the, the light-hearted denouement to the podcast. <laughs> I can't um, wait for that bit. Yeah, oh, yes. It's, I think it's everyone's favourite thing. Well, I think people enjoy it if they've maybe perhaps planned. Um, less so off the top of their heads. Um, but I'm sure, having spoken about the, the, the work of... Uh, as you say, heroic, courageous procurement professionals of, during the pandemic period. Um, seems like a good time to point out that the HCSA awards 
nominations for those awards are the closing date for them is 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 you know is coming along quickly so if people out there in a really important year again to recognize procurement professionals in healthcare please 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 get your nominations in um, as soon as possible now don't miss out on you know adding to the recent honors that we've seen bestowed upon the NHS procurement professionals, obviously, in the NHS as a whole recently. The George, we had the George Cross being awarded, um, but make sure that those specific uh, NHS procurement professionals are getting recognised. And the only way to do that is to make sure that you've got your nominations in for the HCSA awards, which you really are running out of time to do. So please get on that. <laughs> and I would echo that, Bruce, on the point of view, I don't, you wouldn't, I wouldn't want people to be thinking that what their contribution was wasn't you yeah. know great and actually that they weren't they're not worthy of that because surely there's other people that were doing yeah. far more impressive things um i think that actually it's uh, some of um what our procurement uh, colleagues were doing in the system are um kind of really worthy of shouting from the rooftops yeah absolutely this is this isn't i don't think this is any time for false modesty um, and I think that, you know, I think it's important because the thing is, all, all these awards that have that have been around both last year in the HTSA awards, um, you know, the whole of healthcare procurement getting the uh, president's, obviously the president's award last year and then awards this year, I think they're important because I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely significant to have those, yeah. you know, those sort of accolades in the book. Um, so that, that when people come to look back at this time, and we hope they'll be looking back on this time, you know, very quickly now, um, they'll, you know, it will it will be a, a great um, testament to healthcare procurement professionals. Um, so I think before 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 we go into the, the lighthearted demon, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about about the future from an Akiso point of view. Where where does everyone there? Where does you as a company? Where do you want to see procurement in healthcare going in the future? Where is your hope that it will develop? Um, I, I suppose personally and as an organisation, that if I was gonna if, if I was gonna nail that down to one point, um, my hope would be that it um, continues to be a function that is measured by more than just savings. I think that that has been my one single frustration around the profession for the profession is that um, because it has historically come under the remit of finance, that finance view it as a, um, a, 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 a cost efficiency, as a saving. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other roles that I have is as representation on SIPs Congress. Um, and when I speak to procurement colleagues in other industries, they're always really kind of baffled by the fact that procurement sits under finance in healthcare, right. um, as it most often is aligned to operations. Mm -hmm. So my my hope and our hope for um, for procurement um, is that it gets the recognition for mm -hmm. the much broader range of both not just benefits but essential delivery that it brings to the NHS. Fabulous words. No, no need to add anything to that. Okay, I think I'll leave you, that. I think, I think you've earned. I think <laughs> you've earned your uh, light-hearted denouement. 
at this stage. Oh, do you have to earn that? I didn't realise that. Well, you don't really have to. <laughs> well, you get it regardless. <laughs> the degree to which you earn it is probably fluctuates. Okay. Um, the, uh, we haven't done one of these in a, in a, in a couple of episodes or so because uh, last time out, we spoke to Simon Walsh, who's been on the podcast. I think that was his third time. Um, so he's already he's already many boons ago done it. I can't remember what he what he picked now. Or can Do you know I, I was trying I to remember that the other day when I was speaking to Rachel about it because um, I couldn't I can't remember what his response was on the album, but I do remember that he went down in my estimation when I. <laughs> I've got what I've got. It? What was it? I cannot I cannot remember. If I can't I, remember, but I remember thinking really. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done so many. I'm trying I'm trying to remember. Was it mud? It wasn't mud, was it? Do you know it must be mud because I can't imagine why you would randomly throw that out there if it wasn't. That must you must have dragged that out from the back of your back of your consciousness somewhere. Um, uh, Anyway, we will we will we we must. um, I'm gonna as soon as you finish recording, I'm gonna go straight back and listen to what Simon's. I can't remember. That's really. But the thing is, it was it was like I think it was our first supply cast. I think it was, yeah. I think it was. So that seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's you know, that's my excuse. Um, <laughs> so this is a bit that we haven't done because we did Simon again and also we did the uh, supply cast uh, panel as well, uh, where we don't get involved in such shenanigans at the end. It's far too serious for a lighthearted yeah, new one. Um, so this is the bit I, you know, uh, hilariously call Desert Island Supplies. Um, and, and I know you know what this is about. So this is where we ask you to pretend that you're on a desert island with plenty of food and water, so you don't need to worry about that. And you get to take a luxury item, uh, an album, uh, if you want to just sort of pick a, you know, an artist, that's okay, I guess, and, uh, and a film. And uh, that's the only album, that's the only film you're ever going to be able to listen to, watch to. Uh, so let's start off with the luxury item. What would, what would that be? Well, that that one I didn't actually realise was on the list. That so. that was a late entry into it because people started saying, "I can't remember what happened with." I can't remember where that came from. I think someone said, "Oh, I need to take something." I said, "Okay, let's have a luxury item. Why not?" Like I'm a celebrity. Oh. <laughs> Do you it, want me is, to come to that last, and you can have a little think Is is kind of an endless bottle of wine? Does that count? Yeah, I suppose so. No, like, just, if it's just one bottle, then I'll choose something else. But if it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, why don't we stick like a vineyard rather, yeah. um, ra- rather um, unlikely, oh. but why don't we stick a vineyard on the island somehow? Excellent. Yeah. Idea. So Excellent. There's a, then I can <laughs> there's learn a, a new skill as well. Yeah, great crushing, that kind of thing. Uh, so a vineyard, I don't think anyone will quite top. Someone took their whole bedroom and everything in it as a luxury <laughs> item. But uh, you, you've got your vineyard, Beth. So what would be, first of all, what would be the music? What would be the album? Um, I, I did go with album um, and I, um, came, I was brought up with a, a, a lot of, uh, music in our house and a very eclectic taste with uh, from both my parents who are quite uh, uh, different tastes yeah. um, and so it was it was always going to be something kind of quite old and I've gone mm. for um, uh, Led Zeppelin physical graffiti 
Okay. Yeah. Um, Great album. Because it's quite long, so that's a yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Value for money. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one that I ne I never tire of, and it's got it's quite got quite a lot of different themes on it. I think. Uh, yeah. It goes all over the place. Physical graffiti. Yeah, almost a flirtation with prog rock from Led Zeppelin. That album, almost. Yeah, a, a, a bit, but I yeah. certainly don't. I, I certainly don't stray into uh, <laughs> into prog rock. I always think of prog rock being some. I always think when I think of prog prog rock, I always think um, self indulgency, and I and basically I always think very long albums. Yeah, you know, so that's why I always sort of think of it. So Led Zeppelin, fantastic, great choice. What what feel you got? You you got your inexhaustible supply of of wine. You've got your Led yeah. Zeppelin. What's and, the natural accompaniment? Films is not. I, I I do enjoy watching films, but I'm not generally. I don't generally watch them again. You know, some people right. can watch okay. the same. Like I've watched Dirty Dancing twenty five times. I'm not sure I've even watched it once all the way through. I myself have watched Jaws and Blade Runner thousands of times. I, <laughs> I don't seem to get that. It's like I know what happens. I don't. I don't get right. okay. why you would want to watch it so fun. The only exception for that, um, and uh, one, and you always know it must be on your the top of your list when you've kind of owned it on DVD. I, I don't anymore, but you'll still watch mm -hmm. it whenever it comes on TV, and it would be oh, the, yeah. the Blues Brothers for me. Oh, okay, brilliant. And so, is that? So do you like the music as well? Is that yeah. kind of genre that you like as well? Yeah, it's it's just achingly cool and has absolutely stood the test of time. Uh, it's a classic cult movie with a blood following, isn't it? I tried to make my daughter watch it recently, and she didn't feel the same way. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I suppose it helps, doesn't it, if you have a fondness for that music? Yeah, yeah. To get you into it, I think that's sort of, I think that's an entry to it. So even though it's obviously it's very funny, funny film as well, but uh, yeah, I suppose it helps you have a fondness for that music. So that's your Blues Brothers, Led Zeppelin, Vineyard. You know, sounds like you're going to have a, you know, sounds like you're going to be all fine and dandy on that. Yeah, aren't yeah. Kick yeah. Back. <laughs> all there. Yeah. Beth, thank you for uh, joining me today for this podcast. Um, I'm assuming, uh, obviously, you know, in come November, hopefully the HSA conference. Can't we are wait. expecting that to be face to face, so that that'll be be quite fun. And uh, obviously, as as both myself and Beth have said, make sure you get those awards nominations in. Time is really running out. Do it now. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. You know, now. What, what are you doing now? I don't know. What are you having a coffee? Well, put yeah. it down. Get get your nomination in. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for that, Beth. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Bruce. That completes this week's uh, Supplycast and uh, hopefully you'll uh, tune in next week. Thanks, bye.